but that your word would not return to you void, but that it would do what you uh, sent it to do, that it would accomplish it, God. and uh, get back that uh, investment that you made in us. God, we ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Let's go to Matthew 25. Anybody else's palms sweat when the preacher says, let's go to Matthew 25? <laughs> At least one of us is honest. All right. <laughs> So this is you know a super familiar thing I want to talk about this morning. Something that that y'all know, um, and uh, you've probably got this on lockdown, so uh, you could probably just mouth the words along with me. But um, uh, in Matthew 25, he has he talks about uh, the the sheep and the goats. And uh, uh, I, every time I read this, I, I do think of this um, uh, this, this book uh, somebody had. It said, Church is Stranger Than Fiction. And it had all these like funny little uh, comics and jokes and stuff about church. And you have this, you see this preacher standing at the pulpit. And he's like, over the years, I feel like I've gotten to know most of you rather well. And everybody in the congregation is a sheep or a goat. But... <laughs> but... Uh, um, uh, but, you know, um, and if you've never heard uh, the song that Keith Green did of this, uh, you really should. It's both amusing and you need some tums after it at the same time. So um, so here in Matthew 25, in verse 31, he says, When the Son of Man shall come in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory, and before him shall be gathered all nations. And he shall separate them one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. So he didn't say, I'm going to separate the people that go to church from everybody else. Um, We often, I think, read this passage with that thought in mind. That it's like, yep, God's going to separate out the, the church folk and we're all going to be great. But he says here that, that he shall just, that he'll divide all the nations one from another. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand and the goats on his left. And as you as you read through the Bible from the very beginning, you know, the right hand is the place to be, not so much the left. So Jesus, of course, said that he sat at the, the right hand of the Father. And uh, it says, And the king shall say to them on his right hand, Come ye, blessed of my Father, and inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. Naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. That sounds pretty good, like pretty good stuff. And uh, that's the, all the kind of stuff that we uh, we we know to do. It's, and it's all stuff that is easy to do in varying. Degrees, depending on your um, your personality and and all that. Some people, um, there are people in my family that don't know a stranger. Me, I would rather not ever meet a new person ever again. Um, uh, instead, I'm going to meet three or four this week at least already. So, um, yeah, God has a great sense of humor, 
take somebody that doesn't like meeting new people and gives them a job where they meet oftentimes four new people a day minimum. It's like, great, love it. So, um, uh, but, so my, my point is, is that some, for some people, some of this stuff is super easy. They would do it without even thinking about it. And for some people, it's kind of like you have to make myself do this. <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, it, it's, it's funny how, you know, when I was, when I was young and foolish, um, I had this bizarre idea that I, I have no idea where I got it from, that I could act however I wanted around people that didn't know I was a Christian, you know, and, uh, um, you know, and I, I thought I had like kind of this sort of, you know, it's like, well, not, not being unchristian necessarily, but I'm not exactly a shining example of Christianity either, but that's okay because they don't know that I'm Christian, so it's not hurting anything. And you're all like blinking at me, like, where did you ever get that idea? Are you, did, did you, have you read the Bible? Have you, I mean, come on now. Um, it's like a teenager that acts one way at home and it's another way at church, but, uh, or I mean, another way at school. But, uh, um, but you know, honestly, God has these things for us to do. And, um, and it's interesting how he brings them to us in ways that are inconvenient. Uh, and inconvenience is a really great test of, of um, your sense of, of obedience and your sense of love. Uh, if you want to know about inconvenience, talk to a woman with babies. There is nothing more inconvenient than a baby. I mean, they're super, super awesome. I had three. You should all have some. But... Um, that you want to talk about inconvenient, you know, like take take three kids, uh, like preschool age kids, grocery shopping. <laughs> it's like there's all <laughs> many like no, just don't, <laughs> don't do it. No, because you'll get halfway across the store. I have to pee, and so you take everybody back there. Somebody goes pee, and then you get all the way across the store. I have to pee. <sighs> So you're looking at the third kid like, is there like any moisture anywhere in your body? <laughs> any condensation, perhaps? Anything? <clears throat> Can I have a drink? No. <laughs> no but, uh, uh, but you know, that's the, that's the thing though. But, but because, because mom loves the kids, it's like, all right, well, let's go, you know. And again, for some people, that's easier than others. But uh, so, so God will bring us these sorts of things, kind of put them in our life to see what we do with them. And uh, he, know, he knows what you're going to do with it, but it it's, can be really eye-opening to see for yourself what you would do with it. Um, um, you know, there was a, a, a young man that kept coming to my house and... Uh, I, I wanted God to touch him, but I also wanted him to have somebody else do it. <laughs> because he really drove me up the wall. And it's like I would see him coming up the sidewalk, and I would think, hast thou found me, oh, my enemy. You know, and it's like, oh, man, here he is. Ah. And, and my kids picked up on it, and they didn't particularly like him either. 
And but I would tell them, I was like, no, we're not going to turn him away. We're going to be nice, and and we're gonna we're gonna treat him right because, uh, you know, for one thing, it's like imagine you, you, you've been to his house, you saw what his house, what his family is like, and can you blame him for wanting to be here, even if we're, I mean, anybody with. I mean, I don't know. We're we're pretty uh, guileless people. Anybody could tell. We prefer that he wasn't there, but we're going to be nice, I think. And I'm working on that. But um, it's like I would think that it would be less uncomfortable to be in, in a situation like that than to just be at home if you were him. So you know, you got to think about that. Um, but I, um, um, I. I I, I did talk to uh, the kids and myself in the mirror about this very thing. Because in verse 37, it says, Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee hungry and fed thee, or thirsty and gave thee drink? When did we see you a stranger and took you in, or naked and clothed you? When did we saw, when saw we thee sick or in prison and came to thee? And the king shall answer and say to them, Verily I say to you, inasmuch as you've done it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you've done it to me. Hence, I, how I mentioned makes your palms sweat when somebody says, Let's go to Matthew 25. Because it's really super easy to look at a, and to think, you know, that person gets on my nerves. Or I don't really want to deal with that because that's inconvenient. Or... Um, you know, whatever it might be, but but Jesus put, gives us um, a rather um, uh, uh, very uh, confining sort of definition about what his expectation is, uh, because he says if if you uh, if you don't do it to the least of these my brethren, you've or if you do, you've done it to me. So. And I would I would remind myself of that every time this kid would come up on my front porch. I would think, "Hast thou found me, O oh, my enemy?" And then I was like, "Nope, that's the wrong scripture. Actually, and if you've done it to the least of these, you've done it to me." So, so Jesus is at my door asking to come in. You know, and I think there's a, a reasonable balance. It's like you know, you don't, you know, kid comes to your door, you don't have to let him in every single time, but but you have to. But you can't just reject somebody and uh, and turn them away. And uh, um, so he he gives us this this concept then about um, how we treat other people is how we treat Jesus. And and that's a really um, we all know that, but it's when you really stop and think about that and make application, it really should give you pause. Um, about the way that you deal with people, I know it does me uh, because um, I'm a rather impatient, sarcastic person, <laughs> and I have a great deal of fun coming up with caustic things to say about things that inconvenience me or get on my nerves. Um, and uh, it's a shame when you are surrounded by people that think you're funny because it's like. <laughs> It's this vicious cycle, you know, uh, and so um, it's better. It would be better if people didn't think I was funny. But, but honestly, um, you know, there there's this idea that we can kind of just take or leave things, 
like, I'll do that if I want to, or not do that if I want to. You know, and, and if somebody asks you for help and you can't, you know, for a legitimate reason, that's one thing. Uh, but to to not help someone simply because you don't want to um, is not such a good reason. Um, or to you know to to do the right thing. You know when um, you know when Ron had tells his story about the bag of beans, the bag of rice. It would have been a lot more convenient for him to not take all those people in that kept coming by. Um, and I don't know. I, I listened to him tell that story and I think I don't know if I would take them all in. I think I would be kind of like, uh, man, did you bring some SNAP benefits with you or anything? I mean, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's like, uh, like, man. But, um, but you know, the, the bottom line there is is that God takes care of you or he, or he doesn't. And and so God expects us to, to, to do the things that he tells us to do and leave the rest to him. And, and that's what Ron understood. So, so he says here in, in 41, might as well read the whole rest of it. Uh, then shall he say unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and ye gave me no meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me not in. Naked, and ye clothed me not. Sick, and in prison, and ye visited me not. Then shall they also answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee hungrier? a thirst, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not minister to thee. And he shall answer them, saying, Verily I say to you, inasmuch as ye did it not to the least of these, ye did it not to me. And he shall go away into everlasting punishment, and the righteous into life eternal. So, um, you know, I referenced that Keith Green song earlier. It's called The Sheep and the Goats. Uh, really should look it up on YouTube or something. But um, he he... He basically just reads this while he's playing this super complex piece of piano, and he and he kind of adds some stuff here and there into it, and then uh, and when he gets to the end, he's you know he says that according to the scriptures, the only difference between the sheep and the goats is what they did and didn't do. So um, this is a, a really good litmus test. For, for am I doing the, the, do I do the little things that Jesus tells me? Because um, sometimes we feel like, well, I just didn't feel led, or I wasn't prompted, or I don't know, you know. And it's like, that wasn't my ministry, or, or you know, what whatever it might be. And he throws all that stuff in there in that song, you know, because, uh, and, and that's what I, you know, why I say that Jesus wants to show you, well, this is what you would do. You know, let's let's check it out. Let's see let's see what's in your heart because you know, if the the stereotypical, you know, white Jesus with the with the beard and the robe showed up on your front door, you know, of course you're going to invite him in and you're going to get out your, you know, your best stuff and you're going to make him some really good coffee and, and and all that. But like if, you know, somebody um, who you know is going to hang out for hours and hours, and and uh, you actually had stuff you were going to do. Uh, if they show up needing something, that's not so easy. That's not so convenient. And so I, I have like this humongous mirror right here, so I can't see anything that any of you are saying or, or any of the expressions you're giving me. But um, 
but he he is crystal clear with this expectation. Uh, and you know, and I was talking with somebody yesterday about um, about spending time with God, and uh, and I have to qualify everything I'm getting ready to say with the fact that you 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 should must and should want to serve, uh, spend time with God to to get in the Word and spend time in prayer. It is a necessity. It's like to say that now ah, you don't need to read and pray would be like ah you don't need to eat and breathe, you know. But at the same time, uh, we we often really focus down on our our like time clock with spending time with God. You know, there and I I believe there is a, a real discipline necessary to seek God because if you just leave yourself to to do it just in this floopy I'll do it when I feel like it kind of thing it won't happen and uh, that was something that I learned uh you know uh, an old saint talked to me about that when I was probably 20 but uh I kind of had that reiterated to me working with a business coach because he's like if it doesn't have a home on your calendar it doesn't have a home in your bank account and I was like oh, that makes a lot of sense so if you don't uh, make time to spend time with God, you won't, because it will. A million and one things will come up, um, and uh, you could always, 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 always make the case that you should have spent more time. That you could be doing more time with God, and uh, more, more is good. Can't hardly have too much of a good thing here, but. Uh, we have an adversary that no matter how much time you spend, no matter how well you do with putting God first, he's still going to pick at you that it's not enough. It's not good enough. Uh, or or he'll pat you on the back and say, look at you, and, and try and get, turn you into a, a sanctimonious um, you know, prophet in an Armani suit. So either way, this is a bad deal, but... Um, we we often focus on that devotional time as this is how I'm doing with God. This is how uh, I measure whether or not I feel like I'm okay. And uh, as I said, there's there's certainly a um, a discipline and to and a holding yourself accountable to spend time with God. But uh, this is the stuff that that God is talking about. This is actually kind of what I'm measuring you on. You know, you know, for example, um, at work, we uh, when we hire somebody, we have six company principles, and um, they really don't have anything to do with painting for the most part. They're they're more about behavior and character type principles. These guys have them memorized uh, because we call on them every Monday morning, and they have to recite them and explain why they're important. And so we find all kinds of great ways, you know, go clockwise, go counterclockwise, who has the most luxurious beard, you know, or or whatever, you know. It, it's a lot of fun. We really enjoy those meetings. But um, they sign a copy of this at, when they when they come on board. We've got it in, in a little folder in Mike's desk that that's like, I understand that my employment is contingent on adherence to these principles. So we're not grading. You would think 
that we would be grading these guys on. Are you painting in straight lines? Are you picking up your trash? And, and things like that. And we are. And that's, that is super important. But it's not as important as the behavior. Not as important as the experience that they're providing. And so uh, it's, it's sort of the same way here. It's like we, we think that, uh, that we are being graded on how many chapters did we read this week and, and how many hours did we spend in prayer. And that's a great thing to be paying attention to. Not not saying it isn't, but but what he says here is um, if you did it to the least of them, you did it to me. If you didn't do it to the least of them, you did that to me, or you didn't do that to me. Um, so uh, I want to read just a cherry pick a little verse out of James here. You're, I'm sure you're familiar with it. So in in chapter one, he's talking about being a doer of the word. Because you can be a hearer. In fact, maybe I'll just go ahead and read this whole passage because it's great. Um, in 19, he says, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, be, let every man be swift to hear and slow to speak, slow to wrath. And wrath is a good word. It's like uh, an agitation of soul. So um, so you want to be, he's, he tells us that, that we should be slow to that. <clears throat> he says, For the wrath of man works not the righteousness of God. You know, sometimes we feel like we want to beat on somebody with a scripture, or 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 just point out, hey, you know, you, you know, the Bible says X, Y, and Z, and uh, sometimes you do need to do that. But if you're super enthusiastic about calling somebody out on on something that that they're doing, that you, hey, I got a scripture for that. Why you don't do that? Probably not a good time to say that then. Uh, because probably the less enthusiastic you are about it, the, uh, the, the more likely that would be the right thing to do. Uh, so he says, <clears throat> Wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, which is a great phrase. <laughs> superfluity, superfluous, over and abundant, way too much, extra, excessive, love it, excessive naughtiness. And I don't know why, where they come up with the word naughtiness. I mean, I guess this was in the 1600s, but when they translated this, uh, it's actually wickedness is a closer word to it. So how much wickedness would be superfluous in it, any of it? Yep. Any little bit of it. So lay apart filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. So that's the answer to, but I don't want to do any of that stuff. And, I, and I, it makes me feel miserable just thinking about it. It's like, well, so God, I want you to cut me and engraft your word into me. Um, I, I, you know, Ron's talked about grafting trees. I, I sort of tried something like that once. I had a zero-turn mower when I lived in Baldwin, and I ran over this little tree trying to get too close to it. And... Uh, uh, I thought no, and so I uh, I literally st- it was still sort of together. So I literally stood it back up and taped it all t- together, and I'll be darned if that tree didn't grow like awesome. And it just had branches that like started like three feet off or three inches off the ground, and uh, um, so, uh, but that when you when you let God put that word in you. In meekness, meaning that whatever God wants to do is is fine, and you know this thing proceeds from God. I can't say that it's good or bad. 
he says that that doing that uh, uh, is able to save our souls. So he says, be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. We uh, we get so caught up sometimes in not wanting to measure ourselves by by our actions and our deeds because we understand that that's not what makes the pearly gates swing open that we kind of think we don't have to do anything and and yet uh, he says here to be a doer of the word so if you're going to be a doer of the word you have to hear it first and and not just hear it like it bounced off of my eardrum but I actually took in what was said processed it and internalized it and decided to act on it um, and so, so God is, is quite plain in his word that, that his expectation is that. So he says, if any man be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholds himself and goes his way and straightway forgets what manner of man he was. It's like looking in the mirror and walking away and forgetting what you looked like. You know, and I don't. I've told you this before. I don't know how many times I, I would. I love clothes, and I would like. I'd get this shirt. I'm like, oh, this is gonna look awesome, and put it on. I'm standing there in the dressing room, and I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot I was that shape. This this kind of shirt's not gonna work for me. Um, uh, and so it's like you can forget what it is that God showed you if you're not really paying attention, because you should see yourself in the Word. And and if the comparison is not so flattering and makes you say, oh, yeah, you don't want to just walk away and forget what you saw. You want to you want to work with God on that and say, now, God, I, what, what can we do about this? I want you to change this in me. Uh, show me those opportunities that I'm, I'm overlooking and, and help me to do the right thing. Uh, and, and just change me. You know, bring, bring the fire. You know, it's like, you know, I mean, I love it. You read through the Bible, and he, he's got fire. He's got, like, sharp stuff. He's got pressure. I mean, he's got ev- anything and everything you could imagine to mutilate your flesh and destroy it. And so, you know, it's just like, man, bring it on, God. Bring it all. So, um, uh, of course, there usually is a lot of keening and wailing involved in that process of <laughs> pressure and cutting and and hot stuff, but um, it really does um, get us where we're going, and and we get discouraged when we see these things. That's like, oh man, I, I I could be doing so much better at this. I should be doing this, and I'm not, um, and. Um, and, and having you know having God point those things out to us, you know, is a great thing. But He never points them out like angry, like that's enough of that, you know, knock it off. You know, it's more like, hey, um, no, you know, and uh, um, and so I mean the 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 angry, all right, that's enough of that. We're going to seriously deal with that. Is that's kind of the uh, this is a recurring problem that we're not dealing with here. So we're going to deal with it now, and that's a good thing. You know, honestly, sometimes the places that we want to go in life, 
uh, or the the on this in this walk with God, we can't get there without coming down to that sort of place, that oh kind of place. Um, and you know, I was uh, Mike and I felt like we were just in this like box canyon, you know, like we were in this box and we had. I could not see any solution to what we were dealing with, and um, uh, we were looking at getting this this loan for the business that seemed to be the only answer that we could possibly find, and it was going to be a disaster. And but we just couldn't see any other answer, and so um, and it was like, and I I I knew we should probably just just rest and trust the Lord and just ask Him to get us through it. And, and I was, but wasn't really resting so much about it. I was just kind of like, okay, God, we need some help with this. Now, here's what we're going to do. You know, and, um, you know, God being the good God He is, seeing that we were about to step off the sidewalk in front of a bus, stop. He's like, God, he's like no, 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 no. Stay back here. And I've, I'll take care of this. Uh, and He did. You know, and but I was so discouraged. I was I was so excited that God had stopped us from making this terrible, terrible decision. But I was so discouraged that we were both so ready to make it. It was like, I was like, man, I, this just seems like the only answer. And that's exactly what God does. And and I was and I was talking with Ron about that, and that's what he told me. He's like, you can't you can't get to that place. Um, it's like, well, for one thing, you didn't make the dreadful, terrible decision, and two, you you can't come to that place of of knowing that God has an answer for you if you don't get to that place where He's got to have the answer, and without it, you are in serious trouble. And so, um, so when God talks to us about things, it's like, wow, you know, this this could be better. Uh, nobody likes to be critiqued. Um, and I, I think it's funny. The older we get, the, the less inclined we are to let people um, critique us. Mike and I get, have to have all kinds of unpleasant conversations about, uh, like, so where did you come up with that? I don't know, man. It's like I know I need to have a better answer than that, but a lot of times I just don't. I'm like, I don't know. Dang it. But there's this sense of accountability of, no, they, well, we have to do better than that. It's like, yeah. Yeah, I know. I know I do. Uh, because, you know, there's sometimes we look at our ability to, to do right, and to do what the Word of God says. We look at it sort of like it's like the difference between picking up a kid who like put, picks their hands up to help you pick them up versus a kid that's kind of... <sighs> that's a lot harder to pick up a kid that's doing like the boneless cat limp noodle thing. Than a kid that's like you know got their arms up and they're like tensed and they're ready for you to pick them up. Uh, so, um, so we don't want to forget about what God, what it is that God shows us, and and not be, not be swallowed up with with discouragement about it. If if He's pointing out to you that there's something you need to be doing better, that's it's like man, God, I appreciate you showing me that, because if I wasn't aware of it, I couldn't do any better next time. So he says, but whoso looks at the perfect law of liberty and continues therein, being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, 
This man should be blessed in his deed. And if any among you seems to be religious and bridles not his tongue, but he but deceives his own heart, this man's religion is in vain. So we can do all the, the priestly duty devotional stuff totally apart from what God would have us do. Uh, if if our heart is not in the right place, and if we're if we're not doing the things that God tells us, we we're really um, lose. We can lose a lot of of momentum in seeking God, um, and and we don't want to deceive ourselves that well I'm doing really great. It's like I I spent all this time in the Word and spent four hours in prayer, and then I came out and kicked the dog and yelled at my wife and and uh, uh, told the the kid that showed up on my doorstep to go away. It's like no, no. Then you you totally missed the point. So, so uh, so you can deceive yourself that way. And it says that in that case your religion is vain. And this is what I this is the verse I was going to cherry pick out before I decided to beat all of us with that the rest of this passage. Uh, he says, "Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this." To visit the fatherless and the widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. He didn't say pure religion and undefiled uh, before God and the Father is to uh, uh, fast two days out of the week and uh, memorize the entire chapters of the Bible and, and you know, shut yourself away for hours and hours at a time. All that stuff's great. And you know, I think you should. But, but if you don't have this, this stuff this thing in your life about doing the stuff that God tells us to do and to keep ourselves unspotted from the world. It's easy to get spotted with the world because it's everywhere. And um, and so there's we, we want to stay close enough to him and obey him in those things that he would have us do. And it really does keep us um, unspotted from the world. And, that, and that's what we really want. So... I appreciate you following along while I flagellated all of us with the the Word of God. And, uh, uh, you know, it's almost like, it's like going to the gym. It's like, this is really miserable, but it's so good. (laughs) So, Jesus, we just thank you for your Word. God, we're grateful to you. And God, what we want is to draw near to you, God, with a full assurance of faith, God. um, God, I know that Spending time with you really does ease the the difficulty of doing the things that we wouldn't want to do. God, that the obedience is is fueled by that time that we spend alone with you. Um, and God, and they, I know it just it works in a in a cycle. It work that all of it works together. God, we have a tendency to so compartmentalize our lives. God, and yet you want to be a part of everything. In our God, and that our life would be about you, God, and, and you've shown us over and over again that when we put you first, that everything else falls into place. When we do the things that you would tell us to do, God, that everything else just falls into place. Now, God, today I just pray that you would um, bring us into this place. God, accomplish these things in us. God, uh, show us the things you'd have us to do. Show us the things that you would have us just uh, rest about. God, lead us and direct us as only you can do. God, help us to take serious the hour that we're living in. God, I've not intended in any way to minimize the importance of of time alone with you. God, I just pray that you would 
draw us all into that place. God, and that we would stir ourselves up to take hold of you. And God, I just pray that in this place today that you would do exactly what you want. God, you know every need in every heart in this place. God, and we're bringing them to you this morning, asking you to do something about it. God, like the woman who pushed through the crowd to, to touch your garment because she knew that if she could just touch you, she would get what she needed. God, uh, if we've not come with that sense of expectation this morning, God, remind us. God, stir up that sense of expectation in us. God, I have things I need desperately from you. God, and I'm uh, coming to you in expectation and hope today. And God, we just pray that your spirit would have preeminence in this place. God, doing what only you can. God, we just praise you and worship your righteous name. Amen. Amen. All right.